Hi, my name is David Siegler and welcome to my podcast. Hi, property sourcing profiteers, anybody out there sourcing profit for property for profit, this is the podcast for you. And uh, some of you may aware, may be aware, because I've spoken about it in recent episodes, that um, I've had a couple of reluctant tenants I have in my own portfolio. We've had to uh, pursue them through the court process. They haven't paid rent for a year. In both cases, it was over a year since they've paid any rent one way or another, had all sorts of promises. I want to make it absolutely clear these people were not affected by COVID in terms of their employment. They've been working throughout. So why? Why didn't they pay the rent? And uh, we got a possession order for one a couple of weeks ago, which I've already spoken about. And we had to go again, Manchester Civil Justice Centre last week. And uh, this one wasn't, it, it wasn't quite as easy as the first one, right? Because I've got no time for the tenants. They've promised and promised and promised several times new arrangements, new um, promises to pay, all of which were broken. They never once, never once put a new, they put a new arrangement in place, never once made it through month one, <laughs> over a year right so they've got no credibility with me now and uh, they started to wriggle and squirm right at the end so here's the thing about the process really ticks me off um you know the onus is on the landlord so so heavily to do the paperwork and get the paperwork correct now yes you can farm that out to a solicitor and or uh, somebody who specializes in these possession orders but i have in the past done that and I've been disappointed in the service, you know, mainly from solicitors, I have to say. Uh, so we decided to do our own. And uh, we don't get many. We really don't. I mean, pre-COVID, had we ever done half a dozen? Ever? Possibly not. Maybe a handful. But we had these two to do in COVID. And COVID made it more difficult because the government introduced more restrictions on um, what the landlords could and couldn't do the eviction ban, uh, even if you got a court hearing, local bailiffs were not allowed. They were not permitted to work for private landlords until the 1st of June 2021. So um, fortunately or unfortunately, we had to wait till May, June to get our court hearing. So bailiffs are now working. I would have to say that the first tenant against whom we got a 14-day possession order, he actually left voluntarily. So I did not have to go to bailiffs to uh, get possession, enforce the order. That would have been another delay. He left the property. He left a lot of rubbish and stuff and furniture and his own possessions in the property just sort of strewn about the place. Quite a lot of stuff. Um, But... You know, when you look at it hard, actually, property wasn't in terrible condition. You know, a coat of paint, some new flooring, we'll be ready to rock and roll again. But that was the first guy. Uh, The second tenant was slightly different. Um, A young couple with two little kids, six months and six years. And yeah, you can feel a pang of sympathy. I hear you, brothers and sisters out there in property land. I had the same... Um, hesitation as well not because of the tenants right they, they just they were just shit weasels really they were but for the kids right 
this is this is a tough one if you're a human being to push this through, right? Um, so the issue is that the onus is on the landlord to prove their case. And uh, in COVID times, you have to jump a few more hurdles. You have to get the arithmetic right. Uh, you know, six months notice. Now it's four months notice. Now it's six months arrears. Now it's four months arrears. It was originally two months arrears. <gasps> the head spins, right? But you've got to get it right. And, and you do have to get it right, guys, because what I've seen in both uh, cases when we got to the court, um, the duty solicitor was involved, different guy on, on each occasion, um, was involved and, and they go through and check the numbers with the tooth comb. The judge goes through, checks the dates and the numbers with a fine tooth comb to make sure, you know, you've hit the right, you've done it right, you've done it correctly, depending on exactly when you've done it. Uh, so you've got to get those things right and it's very stressful, but the tenant doesn't have to do anything at all. They don't have to respond throughout the process. They can ignore you. They can be so disrespectful. They can lie to you. They can tell you this is going to happen and nothing happens. And there are no implications at all. Um, in, in both occasion, they both turned up, one without any bits of paper. So the duty solicitor had to come to me for the bits of paper. Okay, and we, we assisted with that. Um, the other guy, the second one, the one with the two kids, did turn up. He turned up. She didn't turn up. He turned up with the bits of paper that I'd sent him, right? So he hadn't responded, hadn't put in a defense, no nothing. Um, he had the bits of paper that I'd sent him, put them in front of the duty solicitor. So uh, he got there a bit early. We, we were there about half hour before the time, I must say the courts weren't running like clockwork i am really really impressed really impressed uh so our start time for case number two was 2:45 in the afternoon started on the button and looking at the um runners and riders that have been through that particular court never mind the whole building just this court because there's there's got to be 30 odd courtrooms in the manchester civil justice center uh, and we were just one, and um, it was all possessions in our courtroom from 10 o'clock in the morning till whenever they finished. Uh, the way they structured it, if you're interested, I thought it was quite interesting, was they did hearings, actual attended hearings all morning, and attended hearings till till we were the last one at 2.45, uh, till 3 o'clock. And attended hearings were the D-Day, right? That was, you know, you get possession back or you don't. So that's a lot of courtroom hour cases. Then from 3.15 onward to gone 6 o'clock, never mind the courts closing at 4, right? They might have been closed to the public, but uh, things were still going on in there. They were doing review hearings, which is the penultimate step before the attended hearing. So the process we went through, you may have to go through if you're in that circumstance, is you submit all your paperwork, they look at your paperwork at a review hearing, which is not attended, and then if you pass, right, get your paperwork in good shape, you get the attended hearing some four weeks after that. What came across to me looking at the timetable for each court, the number of courts dealing with possession hearings, the number of hearings in each court on a daily basis, on a daily basis, right, five days a week, there is going to be an almighty clatter. I mean, the government think they might have helped tenants by putting in place all of the measures that they did, but all they've done is make it worse. And these people are coming away with huge debts. They'll never be able to pay off. 
Um, I don't know what their mindset was. You know, did they just put their head in the sand? Did they think, oh, well, you know, the landlords can afford it? Uh, oh, well, the landlords are the bad guys, you know. Oh, well, the government's going to help us, you know. We don't have to. I don't, I don't know what these people's mindset was, right? Not even, a, they didn't offer to pay a penny, right? I have to say, the rest of my tenants, rest of my tenants, uh, they've all paid every penny, okay? So the majority of people are... are um, good and honest right and play the game but these two tenants didn't so uh for the second one i got there the the other party he was talking to the duty solicitor the duty solicitor came and found me wanted to have a chat okay what we're we going to chat about he wants to do a deal right he wants to leave him in the house he wants me to accept a suspended possession uh order i.e it'll um, give way on the case he'll admit everything right on the basis that I agree that we don't throw them out they can stay and for their part they have to pay obviously the rent going forward and an agreed sum between us of the arrears I mean the agreed sum was ridiculous take about five years to get the money back right um, but here's the truth I didn't want to do a deal with these people because they'd lied and disrespected me and my property and all the effort that I'd put into obtaining and maintaining that property. And, and I didn't, I'm done with these people, right? I want them out, okay? And I explained that to duty solicitor. And he said to me, he said to me, quote, unquote, right, quote, unquote, he said, well, I'm completely in your hands, Mr. Siegler. You've got us bang two rights. His words, <laughs> very 1950s English gangster filmish but um it made me chuckle of course i didn't chuckle um you got you know we're completely in your hands so i agreed to 28 days possession notice right mrs s looked at me a bit sideways didn't think i should have done it um but you got a six month old and a six year old and i thought it sort of pollyanna-ish in my mind that i'd given them another two weeks to try and find somewhere i'll come back to that Okay, because actually I don't think I've helped them at all. Right, but we went into the court. Um, we sat in the court. The judge said hello to everyone. The duty solicitor was straight in. Okay, sir, addressing the bench. Sir, uh, Mr. Siegler and I had a conversation. This is what we've agreed. The judge went through the papers. He did. He listened to what we'd agreed. 28-day possession order and... Um, judgment for the arrears and judgment for my court fees right and um the judge rubber stamped it basically but a couple of things that i heard very clearly was the judge thought my 28 days um was very fair and reasonable now that's new to me because normally i don't think courts take that view so I think courts um, I think courts are a bit fed up being caught in the middle of all this and having all this work now and all this clatter and all these tears and carrying on. Because from other courtrooms, right, other cases, you know, I could see what was going on. People were unhappy. People that lost, lost their homes were very unhappy and it was very stressful. So um, I think the court, if I pressed 14 days, may well have given it to me. I didn't think they'd give it to me. Um, but they, but but they would have done. So uh, twenty eight days was agreed. So let's have a think about what's going to happen now to the tenants, 
because they need somewhere to live, right? They're not going to get a reference from me. So any landlord stroke letting agent takes up a reference, landlord reference, that's going to be a struggle, okay? Um, so where are they going to go? They they work locally, right? The, the, the eldest kid is in school locally. They need to stay local. So it led to me and Mrs. S on the way home on the train. We had plenty of time looking at the local property market, the local rental market. And if you're a deal packager out there, you need to know this stuff. Because um, what I had noticed, what I'd noticed in my portfolio, you know, as a buy-to-let landlord, was the demand for properties was extraordinary. Absolutely extraordinary. Um, So... We had recently had two properties come empty on on very normal situations, right? The tenant just wanted to move on. Um, and I had to relet two properties, right? And the bottom line is they were queuing around the block for two properties. And I thought, well, that's good. That's bad, depending whether you're a tenant or a landlord, right? So, you know, what's going on? And... Um, there was a bit of a contract race for these properties. I've, I've not in all my years seen so much interest. So we're, one particular property, we had 17 viewings. We had two parties who were really, really interested. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it's nothing special. It's a good, solid, lettable um, condition property, right? But, you know, it's not, it's not special. Uh, but we had two parties face, racing for it. The party that got it, did both of these things. First of all, agreed to pay six months' rent up front. I don't, I'm not usually happy about that because people who've got cash, you know, you've got to understand where the cash comes from. And sometimes you can't work out where the cash comes from. But on this occasion, it was a race for the property and they thought that would swing it. And I respected that. In addition to the fact that this is a young couple uh, and it's going to be their first home. Mums and dads on both sides are standing as guarantors. So in those circumstances, I was pretty confident. But those are the lengths that tenants are having to go to to secure properties. This is this is very, very strange. So um, with that in the back of my mind, I had a look at the Oldham, Oldham uh, rental situation on Right Move. Why Oldham? Because this young family that I got the court order against, who have to stay local, they live in Oldham. Now, um, within the Oldham Metropolitan Borough Council, um, there are 237,000 people live within the council's um, purview. So um, I thought I'd have a look on Right Move to rent and see how many properties are available today. And I had a look, and it came in at around 50, and I start scrolling through. I thought 50 wasn't very many. Um, And then I realise that the majority of them are HMO rooms. They've shared rooms in shared accommodation. That's not going to work too well, is it, if you've got a family of four, right? So um, I put a few filters in, and basically I'm now looking at terrace properties. So I'm comparing like with like. I've got terrace properties, want to rent terrace properties, I want to see how many terrace properties. What's the competition doing? There were nine houses to rent. Nine for 237,000 people. However many people want to move. Nine. Uh, And I know the areas very well. And rents have gone up. 
I mean, rents have really got up. You know, I'm, I'm not going to name any streets, but I recognise street, num- street names there where I would say if you're an investor, those are sort of, you know, I'm going to say one road away from the Bronx. Are they really one road away from the Bronx or are they in the Bronx? You know, you're, you, you, you're sort of paddling through shark-infested waters, even if you're not up to your neck in it. You're certainly paddling. And these properties used to rent, first of all, they used to be very untidy. I have to say, the ones I'm seeing on Right Move to Rent are not untidy. You know, it's basic fare, but um, they, they look, you know, decent, lettable condition, mainly, possibly, because they're in a selective licensing area now. I have 11 properties in that same selective licensing area. For those of you who don't know what selective licensing is, um, the bottom line is you have to have a license to be a single let by to let landlord. So this is not HMO. This is not anything else, right? This is to be a single let landlord, you need a license from the council. So nine properties. Um, the, the, The bottom quality ones bottom area ones for years a decade over a decade used to go at 350 375 a calendar month right these are now 550 600 right for two bed houses okay um the four bedder that i'm going to get back if i ever get it if they actually go that's another question you know the first guy went is the family going to go or am i going to have to get bailiffs in the rent they should have been paying was 700 pound a month right that now looks very light you know, they're going to have to pay more than that. But there's only nine houses that they could go to. And most of them are two bedders. I couldn't find a four bedder. So what is going on with the rental market? What is it? What is it that's making the difference? Um, why is it so difficult? So I suppose we we know why. And um, we've, we've, we've talked about these things. But there's like a perfect storm at the moment come together and um, the dearth, the shortage of rental property out there is extraordinary. So obviously Section 24 is a prime mover. Um, For those of you who really don't know about Section 24, where have you been? (laughs) You should know about Section 24. Uh, Section 24, um, in the old days... Landlords could deduct their mortgage interest from their profits annually, and now they can't anymore. So they're paying uh, landlords, all of us, you know, and now we're in year four. So, um, you know, we've got, it's fully taken effect now. Landlords, in my view, are paying tax on turnover, not profit. And I think that's terribly unfair. Has that dissuaded some landlords to get out of the market? Clearly it has. There are less uh, there are less properties available on the market. COVID has clearly had, um, it's clearly affected the rental market. Um, are people not moving? Are people just staying where they are? We don't know. Um, over the Since 2016, um, I'm being told by one of the big uh, groups, one of the big estate agent groups, I can't remember for the moment which one it was, but it'll come to me. Don't worry, team. Uh, that purchases, buy-to-let purchases, are down across the UK by a third, 33% less houses available. Um, And people are paying more and more and more to buy houses. So there are, for an investor, for a professional investor who works on yield, who works on return on capital, right, um, the price rises 
mean that there's less and less deals about. That's the truth of it. There are less and less deals about. So you've got more people needing to go into rental accommodation because they can't afford to buy. And then you've got less rental accommodation because of a, um, a number of factors. I have to say some um, instigated by the government didn't have to be like this. Um, and then you've got a few landlords um, who have been through what I've been through. All right, I'm a bit more experienced and I've got more than two properties. So the effect of not getting paid any rent for a year on two properties is bloody annoying, right? But it hasn't materially affected my standard of living at this time, okay? If you've only got two properties and the two tenants don't pay, you're in a mess, I mean, what, how do you handle that? Because you've still got to do the repairs. You've still got to pay the mortgage. You know, you're still at their beck and call if there's a leak or a, a gas safety certificate that needs renewal, electrical certificates. Wow. I mean, I feel for my brothers and sisters out there in landlord land who um, have got one or two properties and they've had one or two tenants not paying. I mean, that that must be shocking. So we are where we are, the rental market. And I think this will continue. So um, I'm not going to predict on where house prices are going to go. We know at the moment they're on the up, 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 up. And no one no one really knows what's going to happen at the end of furlough when stamp duty um, uh, goes back to normal and um, people are losing their jobs. And who knows? People are you know, self-employed. have to start paying their VAT and their bounce back loans back and all that malarkey is going to start bounce back loans if you took out 50 grand bounce back loan interest and capital you are now paying 950 pound a month to repay your bounce bounce back loan that's what you're doing um so all of these things are relevant so what's going to happen to house prices going forward i don't know i have a, i've got a gut feeling but you know let's wait and see however What's going to happen to the rental market? I don't see that going down in a, 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 and the pressures of uh, tenants looking for prospective tenants looking for accommodation. Don't see that easing anytime soon. If anything, it's going to get more and more and more intense on less and less properties. So deal packages, deal packages, as well as any landlords who have listened to this to this point, deal packages, you've got to factor this in. You've got to be on top of your numbers. I'm not saying massage the numbers, but the rental numbers, right, you've got to look, you've got to look and make sure you're quoting a high enough rental yield number. It's been a long, long time since I've seen pressure on rents like this. I mean, but you know, I bought together with my business partner, we bought 51 houses in the period 2004-2007 in, uh, in the around Greater Manchester. And for 12 years, rents didn't move at all. They didn't. It was 450 a month, 450 a month, 475 if you were lucky, right? Um, that's all changed now. That's all changed. Suddenly rents are catching up. So maybe the catch-up needed to be caught up as well. Maybe that's another factor, you know, where... Um, Rents had held a level for such a long time. So, long story short, right? Rents are, rents have gone up. Rents are still on the up. The rental de demand for rental property is just extraordinary. I have actually not seen anything quite as intense like this in all the years I've been doing property. If you're packaging deals, make sure you reflect that in the numbers. 
that you're quoting to your investors because maybe the deal is a little bit better than you thought it was when you get the right rental number in. Okay, team. I hope that's been helpful. Um, that's what I've been up to. That's what I've been thinking about. And, um, you know, I had a look at all the rents in my portfolio at Christmas just gone, and several of them were increased, right? I didn't really get a lot of pushback from existing tenants. Um, there was one who said, I'm not paying £500 a month for this miserable hovel, <laughs> really. <laughs> it wasn't quite what she said, but that's kind of what she meant. Um, and I said, well, that's fine. Uh, you know, uh, your reference is assured. Anytime you need it, tell me, right? And uh, she wouldn't sign a new AST at the new rent. And three months gone by, and then she decides she will sign a new AST with a new rent. Now we know why, don't we? Nine properties uh, in um, the Metropolitan Borough of Oldham. What's she, where's she going to go? Right, what's she going to do? And she couldn't argue with the number. £500 a month is now sounding too cheap, much too cheap. So I hope this helps. Go out there, find what you can, make sure you get the numbers right, send them to your investors. You're going to sell all of them. It's going to be great. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode.